If you missed our show this morning, Mornings with the Coach, here's what you missed. Well, you thought you were going to be listening to Mornings with Coach. Coach has a couple extra days off after the Memorial Day weekend. Rich Herrera back in the saddle with you, along with Ryan Phillips, senior writer for the Big Lead. We got the band back together for a couple days. We'll be with you today and tomorrow. Coach will be back on Thursday. Good morning. Good morning. How was your uh, long weekend? My long weekend was great. I had some of the best barbecued ribs yesterday. Watched a lot of baseball. They had the triple header on ESPN. Caught some of the Padres game as well. Watched all the great um, military movies over the weekend. And paid homage. Personal favorite in there? Do you have a... mm, My personal favorite military movies, I'm going to go old school. I love The Longest Day That's with a great John Wayne. Classic movie. My, I took my dad to uh, Normandy one year, and we walked oh. through all of that stuff. It was amazing. I, I recommend that to anybody listening. No, it's a sports show, I know. No, no, but anybody, listen, we could talk about anybody, anything in the world we anybody want. Anybody listening, if you have a chance to go to Normandy, do it. I would like to do that. That would be that would be something amazing. So um, paid homage, uh, took a couple moments to reflect for those that have made the ultimate sacrifice in defense of our country. It was funny, Derek Togerson and I were talking on Facebook on Friday. Derek and AJ did a great job last week filling in mm-hmm. for Coach, and he talked about it, especially for uh, someone of my generation, your generation, Jim, Jeff Hammer. We probably all know someone that along our, our paths has made that ultimate sacrifice, and, it's, and it makes you stop and think. You know, whether it's uh, somebody you went to school with, a family member, a neighbor, we all know someone that has made that sacrifice, which makes Memorial Day even more powerful. Yeah, and, and I come from a military family. My dad was in the Navy for 24 years as a surgeon, and uh, my both my grandfathers were in World War II. So it definitely a, a, a day, a weekend to uh, remember and, and uh, celebrate that, yeah, I think. Absolutely. I, I have a fraternity brother that uh, was in Iraq and uh, um, passed away. Uh, serving in Iraq uh, from a, um, a suicide bomber. Mm-hmm. So it really hits home when you have somebody that, like, I remember drinking beer with you. I remember going to school with you. I remember being in the fraternity with you. And then all of a sudden, uh, you go off. He got into West Point, uh, had uh, finished West Point, served active duty, and then was in the reserves and got called back up. And that's when he made the ultimate sacrifice. So I, I hope everybody took a moment to remember all those that, that made that ultimate sacrifice, especially in a town like San Diego. We are a Navy town. So I know there are a lot of great uh, memorials yesterday. So we had a lot going on this weekend. Let's see. We could talk about the Padres uh, going north of the border. Josh Naylor uh, making his debut. And what a way to make your debut north of the border. Hometown. Boom. Yeah, and and also you know Cal Quantrill getting to getting to pitch back in home, uh, another Canadian, and both those guys just very cool to see them get to do that. I mean, there's only one <laughs> there's only one place you get to do that in Major League Baseball. You know there aren't it's not like hockey where there's a number of uh, oh, Canadian, <laughs> Canadian teams. Right. So uh, it was nice to see both guys perform. Obviously, Naylor Naylor took the over in his opening game, but then. Uh, second game settled in three for five. Had a really nice kid's got a real nice stroke. He doesn't get cheated at the plate. Either. No, he swing it for the downs each and every time he gets in there. Uh, then of course the Padres go to New York over the weekend or after the weekend uh, in uh, Toronto. They're on this American League swing, which means we'll see more of Josh Naylor. Uh, we missed a paddock day where he was scratched. We're going to get into that this hour of the program. Uh, we also can now let's open up the phone lines because I know Padre fans out. Uh, let's bring in Jim Russell,er producer. Jim, good morning. Morning, guys. How, morning. how was your weekend? It was very lazy. Really? Yeah, That's the way to do it. Like what? Like it was doing absolutely nothing. Type of lazy. Did you even go to like a barbecue yesterday or anything? I didn't do anything yesterday. Did you bathe yesterday? I didn't do anything yesterday, Rich. Oh wow! Did you get dressed? <laughs> I didn't do anything yesterday. Did you leave the house? I literally didn't do anything yesterday. That is awesome. No I, days like there's days. That's I what wish, the day off is for, though. There, there's days real. I want to. I wish I had a cold just to sit, lay in bed all day, and watch loser TV. You know what's really funny? So I work from home for the big lead, and everybody assumes that I just work in my underwear all day. I, I think it's just a base. You move to the baseline. Like, oh, if you work from home, it means you don't shower all day. You just like work from bed. I have to get up and shower. Or I will just not. Or you rot. Yeah, I will not do anything. Like it, it, I can't get anything done 
until I actually wake myself up with a shower and maybe eat something. I've, ha- I've had those days where you're just like in bed. And then you just stay there, and you kind of get up a little bit. You try to you try to get up, but you don't. Yeah. And then you realize, why am I why? been in bed all day? Yeah. Because you can't, and it's awesome. It's just I feel like a slob. But by though. like three o'clock, you're like, like I ah, feel worthless. Yeah, yeah. I should probably get up and get some food so my body doesn't like eat itself. Well, Jim- you live across the street from Del Taco, so you can just walk over there in your pajamas. That's I'm gonna, dangerous. I'm going to be soon living across the street from a Chick-fil-A, so we're oh, going to have You're some, great except for Sunday. We're going to have some major issues going forward here as far as how many times I'll be at Chick-fil-A yeah. every single day. You're paying rent. So do you get up and go to a different room to work? Now, do you have a work-life balance? So I'm just going to take you inside Rich Herrera's house. And again, for those of you tuning in looking for Coach Ryan Phillips, Rich Herrera, filling in for him today and tomorrow. He'll be back on Thursday. So I've got a friend of mine that works for one of the networks, he, like you, mm-hmm. but he works from home. He actually has to get up, 7.30, take a shower, put on work clothes, go into his office, opens his office, goes in there, sits down at his desk, works, takes a lunch break, 5 o'clock, closes that office, locks the door, because he wants to have work-life balance. He sure. doesn't want home life bleeding into work life. Changes into his casual clothes, and that's how he goes about his day. Okay, I'm not like that. But I do have to get up and shower and sometimes eat something, maybe have a coffee, whatever. And I usually sit and work from my living room. Okay. Uh, I have a one-bedroom, so I don't have, like, an office. Uh, occasionally, if I'm not feeling great, I will shower, get up, and then maybe work, you know, sitting with a little, like, desk thing on my lap in uh, sitting up in bed but that is very very rare so my wife works from home uh she works for a hotel company and she will sometimes she'll get dressed sometimes she'll work all day in her pajamas she does conference calls all day um sometimes she'll you know do laundry and then she'll feel guilty and then she'll end up working now she has no work-life balance so she'll work until like eight nine o'clock and then she'll go back in there at like 10 o'clock at night and finish up work i'm like honey you're off work oh i gotta get this done so she has a hard time balancing the two yeah it it can be a pain especially you know when you do work from home it's it really is a pain to sort of because your office is your home home and so it's hard to separate those things all right so we've established that you work you get dressed you don't work in your pajamas why are you in your pajamas today I'm not in my pajamas, Rich. This is what I. This is a nice outfit. I'm just talking about. I guess right. It's true what they say about the way riders dress. Yeah, whatever. Leave it alone. (laughs) I mean, I like the little duckies on your pants, but that's just different. (laughs) I'm just teasing. No, he actually got dressed. I did. I have pants on, guys. (laughs) He has pants on. I was I was informed that must happen when I enter the building. It's. Did you have to wear pants? Yeah, Yeah. that's true. Um, All right, so we'll talk about uh, all the Padres. Over the weekend, uh, let me just get your flash reaction right now, Ryan. Okay. Manny Machado booed in New York at Yankee Stadium. Good, bad, or you don't care? I do not care. I couldn't care less. It's the Yankees boo everybody. Machado, get used to it. Padres fans, he's going to get booed in every stadium because he's making a lot of money. That's that's just the way it is. He had that incident in the playoffs last year where he, he stepped on the first baseman. People remember that. Regardless of how much we like him, you're going to get that for probably most of the length of his 10-year, $300 million contract. All right, so a couple things over the weekend. And we're going to open up the phone lines. I'm going to open them up early. Is that okay, Jeff? Can we open up the phone lines early? Jeff says yes. Hammer, are you ready to go? Hammer says he's good to go. Let's come up. 833-288-0973. 833-288-0973. And we'll keep them open all day long. Padre fans, did it bother you that Manny Machado got booed in New York? So for you, it's I indifferent. Care. Yeah. I care. I care. I care in a good way. I think this is awesome that he got booed at Yankee Stadium. I think this is great. I hope they continue to boo him for two more days at Yankee Stadium. I hope it just makes him mad. And 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 by mad, I mean ready to make them pay. And, and But but here's the thing. he's Somebody made this point on Twitter. They said, like, look, Padres are usually met with casual indifference by opposing fans. You it's matter kind, now. It, it's kind of nice to have, you know, somebody – uh, get, you know, booed and and uh, maybe 
you know, sort of the signals that the Padres are, are no longer a team to be messed with. You now matter. If you get booed, you now matter. If you're Manny Machado, it's not the first time he's ever gotten booed. Not going to be the last time he's ever gotten booed. I but, don't. Yeah, I don't think Machado cares. Hey, Machado could care bit. less. So there's a couple things that go into it. Guess what, Padre fans? You now have a player with national recognition that people know who he is and people actually have an opinion about. What's worse than hate? Indifference. Exactly. How many Padre players have you ever had in the history of this franchise that would be booed in, a, in another stadium? Very few. Um, I'm trying to think. I mean, obviously, Tony was never getting booed Tony's, anywhere. Everybody loved Tony yeah. Gwynn. Even, even your arch nemesis would root for Tony Gwynn. Right. right? He's just that kind of guy. Just the, the greatest guy ever. Yeah. So I don't, I don't how many know. Padres have you ever had that you would boo? Kevin Brown. Kevin maybe. Brown. But he was only here for a year, you know. Jake Peavy. Yeah. Because Peavy, hey, Peavy was, Peavy was hardcore. He was, but it, he was also the kind of guy that I think everybody liked and respected. Not, not if you played against him. Right. He That's was, true. He, he, you know, he would stand out there and he'd, he'd dust you. He'd sure. throw up and in. He'd knock you down if he needed to. Who else did you ever have on this team that you would boo through the history of this franchise, I'd yeah. boo Milton Bradley just because the guy's okay. Well, yeah, that's fair. Again, well, that, but guy, no one even cares about Milton Bradley, and he was only here for you know a short time. It's the same as Kevin Brown. It's like yeah, maybe you boo Kevin Brown, but I mean, how long was he here? Not not long enough to matter that that he would be part of the 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 fabric of your franchise. Right. Who else have you ever had that someone would care enough to boo? Like Tony Gwynn cheered everywhere he because went. he was Tony Gwynn because yeah. he was Tony Gwynn. Who else have you ever had in this franchise's history? I don't. I can't. I mean, legitimately, I'm a lifelong Padres fan. Can't really name any. Maybe like Jack Clark back in the day. Uh, I mean, you're, when you say Jack Clark, you don't think of Jack Clark immediately as a Padre. As a Padre no, right? you think of him as like a Cardinal or whatever. And no, I mean, but that's the thing is that you have to go back and you're finding guys who weren't with the franchise very long. Or if they earn that reputation, they deserve to get someone to catcall and boo them. They did it somewhere else. Yeah. I mean Steve Garvey, but that was probably as more of his legacy from the from the Dodgers. Sure, um, Goose Gossage. Yeah, another guy. But again, legacy built somewhere else. This is the first bona fide San Diego Padre that is going to be the core of this franchise for a long, long time. That actually stirs up enough passion. That he can be a villain walking into every other every other ballpark in America. Well, and Aaron Boone said it the, uh, said it yesterday. He said, that's a superstar. Like he is a superstar, and, and not you know he's a good player, and and we'd love to have you know or anything like that. But he said he is a legit superstar, and that's why you you you, you know they don't boo nobodies. That's the old that's the old saying, and it's very true. Hope everybody's getting up and uh, on their way. Uh, Ryan Phillips, senior writer for the Big Lead. We're sitting in for Coach. We'll be here with you tomorrow as well. Coach, back on Thursday. Thanks so much for waking up with us. Number for you to join us in the program, 833-288-0973. Why did Yankee fans get it wrong yesterday in booing in in some of the stuff that you saw, uh, the trash they were talking, Ryan, for – a fan base that's used to getting just about anybody who goes on the free agent market. I mean, Yankees just have to wave their magic money wand and they come running. Um, it was interesting to see some of the reaction from Yankee fans about, oh, Manny Machado didn't want to come to New York. Well, we don't like you anyway. The crazy thing is, is that Machado made it pretty well known that he wanted to stay on the East Coast. That was his preference. Now, mm -hmm. would he have done it? I don't know. But he, his well, preference... first preference was he wanted money. Well, yeah. But we knew he was going to get that. He wanted to stay on the East Coast, and, and that was what everybody was saying. Uh, a lot of people for months before the season was over connected him to the Yankees because that's the East Coast team with money. He knows the AL East. Great place to put up numbers. If you're going to be in a division to put up numbers, as we've seen with the Padres going to Toronto, that's a great division to hit in. And uh, he... The preference, most people assume, was that he would go to New York. The Yankees didn't offer him a contract. The Yankees feel like they're set on the left side of the infield, didn't offer him a contract. 
So I'm not sure why Yankees fans are upset. And and there there was a column the other day in the New York Post talking about, oh, it was a great decision by the Yankees because he's overrated. And really? I, th- I think he's pretty properly rated, uh, quite frankly. Uh, Padres fans have seen it. I mean, Machado hasn't even taken off with his bat yet. He's 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 starting to hit more consistently. But his defense combined with what he can do offensively? Yeah, no, that that's a thirty million dollar year player. There, there, there is a point to the the New York Riders where I think they get it silly, and I've dealt with the New York Riders um, years and years and years where they're all looking for something because there's so many daily papers, there's so many sure. websites. They're trying to find an angle that nobody else has. Right. We deal you're, with you're we deal with that to... in my business. We deal with that all the time. Is find an original right. take now, but don't. It's it, it, there's a rule: that have a take that's different than everybody else, but not a hot take. You know, like not a not a just saying something to get a reaction. Well, that's New York. Yeah, that's, that, but that's, that's New York. Coast. That's right. the difference. All right, let's take some telephone calls. 833-288-0973, number for you to join us. We'll start Austin in Claremont. Good morning, Austin. You're on 97.3 The Fan. Hey, what's going on, guys? It is early. It is me, early, but <laughs> tell me about it. Thank you for joining us this early. What's up, man? Uh, yeah, well, just really quick, just wanted to give a shout-out to Respect. You know, we had Memorial Day yesterday, so uh, yeah, quick shout-out to Respect to all the fallen shoulders, soldiers that, you know, get their lives for us. 100%. But, um, 100%, brother. Uh, to get into it, yeah, I love that they booed Manny Machado. It's awesome. Um, I always have the saying, you know, haters, it's actually an acronym. Stands for having anger toward everyone reaching success. Oh, see, I was afraid you're going to go with T Swizzle going. Haters going to hate, 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 hate. Oh. Uh, yeah. No, no, uh, yeah, but you know, they're having anger towards the guy. He's he's good. You know, he. It's, I always real. You know, I, I don't. I'm not a big fan of Brady, but I respect the hell out of him. You know, what I mean, he is a. He crazy and he stirs up passion. He stirs up. He Cor- gives you correct. a reason to watch the game. Uh, okay, so my my buddy over here, Ryan, you're a writer. Mm-hmm. I need a protagonist, and I need an antagonist. And he's Absolutely. a good antagonist for people that aren't in San Diego, <laughs> and that's awesome because now you matter. Yeah, I agree. Yeah, yeah. Um, you know, he's a uh, Manny Machado. He's like a. New, new, you know, Gwen Hoffman. And, Grant, we had all these guys like Klesko and, you know, PV, like you were saying. But uh, just the big name and how big of a contract. Like you like you said, the, they can buy anyone they want, the Yankees. And the fact that Manny didn't go there, I don't know if there were talks. Well, about, no, they, did, you know, they didn't offer him a contract. They did their due diligence. But they never actually wanted to get into the Manny Machado sweepstakes. So for Yankee fans, I'm going to let you go. Thanks for the call. Uh, for yeah, Yankee no fans, they were mad. Like, well, how come you didn't come here, dude? You didn't offer him a contract. Yeah, blame your front yeah, office. He, and, and they but, said he did. He wasn't a good fit here. So there's there's one line. I forget what TV show it was, but it, it made. It, was it, it from Game of Thrones? No, it okay. wasn't. It's I, I forget, but it was. It's a great line, and it's it's the thing about the Potters and what it reminds me of. With Machado is that now the announcement to the rest of the major leagues is you will have to account for us. Like you can't ignore us anymore. You have to account for the Padres. And you know you see it in 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 uh, the Dodger series that was here. The Dodgers won. Uh, t- was it two of the three games? Two of the three it games. was two of the three. They had the but, shot heard around uh, the East Village. But they had they were really good games. All three of them, and it just had a different feel. Now, when I went up to L.A., I thought it had a, 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 a the same. It was the same old, same old. They, L.A. just beat. I, I thought just beat them. You know, it never felt like the Padres were in the game. Right. But that weekend of games, it's like, oh, you're not going to be a pushover anymore. Uh, let's go to Alan Hillcrest next. Al, good morning. You're on ninety-seven three. The fan. What's up? Good morning. How are you? Outstanding. Thanks for having me on. Thanks for calling. What's hey, I just wanted to mention there was a player back in the 70s. They used to pound the ball in every stadium he went to. His name was Dave Winfield. Let's don't forget him. I've heard about that guy before. The only guy. To yeah, I remember that guy. All the famous sports. Yeah, and he became a Hall of Famer for the Padres. But I don't think um, he was booed. I don't remember Winfield. No, I used to go to games all the time. I used to go to the games and listen to that radio constantly. The Dodgers booed him. The Giants booed him. 
Cobbs booed everywhere he went. He got booed because that guy was a good player, and he was like a Manny Machado uh, in the modern times. But at that time, I can recall a lot of times sitting in them ballparks and or this, I used to go to the Dodger games too up in L.A. and right. he used to get booed a lot. Okay, well there yeah. you go. Sorry, so, so we have to go back to. Okay. All right, thanks for the call. We have to go back to Dave Winfield for somebody that was good enough that he mattered that Dodger fans didn't like. Yeah, I mean, that's there, there it is. How far back do you have to go? That makes me like Manny Machado even more now that Dodger fans don't like him, Yankee fans don't like him. That he's, oh, even, he's been that booed me, in every stadium so far, yeah. Well, he, okay, go back to, and this is where I look at the, uh, the booing at Yankee Stadium. The, the Yankee fans already have a history with him. They already saw him play for the Baltimore Orioles and beat them quite a bit. Mm-hmm. So it's not like it's brand new and you're just kind of rolling out with Chris Paddock and they're going to boo Paddock right off the bat. They already knew who Manny Machado yeah, was. Yeah, of course. But and the there's fact, a history there. Yeah, the, the, the fact that he came in, he's wearing a Padre uniform, and they actually had feelings and passion and even most importantly – an opinion on someone wearing Padres gear was awesome. Yeah, I, it, look, it, it can't be a bad thing for the Padres that you feel relevant now. And, and and whether it's good relevant or bad relevant as far as the cheering goes or booing or whatever, I I just think that it's, it's a positive for the Padres that they're in the conversation. You have to account for the San Diego Padres now, whether it's because of Machado, whether it's because of Tatis, whether it's because of Paddock, whatever – you're in the conversation to where you didn't used to be, I guess. And you can quote Taylor Swift, haters going to hate, 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 right? I can't believe Rich just quoted Taylor Swift again. Oh, you don't like T- You're not a big fan of T-Swizzle? I would never call her T-Swizzle. Uh, <laughs> you know, those of us that... You're hip. You're, you're, you're young cool, and hip, I'm hip, right? and I yeah. And I saw somebody on TV call her that once. <laughs> Memorial Day was yesterday. Great day off. Hung out with the family. Hopefully took some time and remembered all those that made the ultimate sacrifice. But your whole week is just kind of messed up when, you, when you're missing that Monday and then you got to get right back into Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday. I like four-day weeks, but the timing is always off. Yeah, it, I've continually thought today was Monday since I woke up. Since so, you woke up? Since the second I woke up, I'm like, oh, another Monday. Wait, it's Tuesday. It's Tuesday. Mm-hmm. So and then you got to get up at the... Before the sun comes up. Yeah, it's it's a nice sunny day out. It's just it wasn't when we got here. Like, this is a great, like, view. uh, Beautiful. Out the back of the studio. It's beautiful, and it's bright and sunny. But when we got here, it was pitch black. Which was kind of the same as the heart of Yankee fans this weekend. You like that for a second? Nice nice job. Yankee fans had darkness in their hearts for Manny Machado. One of the stories we've been talking about in the first hour of the program is Manny Machado was Booed. Lustly? Yeah. Heartily? Sure. You're mm-hmm. a wordsmith. What would you use to heartily, describe? Heartily, yes. Heartily. And I thought it was awesome. Not every Padre fan agreed. A lot of Padre fans were like, dude, what's up? Why are, you, why are you hating on Manny Machado? Dude, he's awesome. Why are you hating on him? But for me... Get used I, to it, folks. I, well, there's, there's a couple things that go into it. A... Manny Machado had a reputation before he got to San Diego, and there were plenty of people around baseball that weren't fans of his. Yeah, and, and that mostly stemmed from uh, on a national perspective. Because you, you play in Baltimore, you can kind of be a little bit anonymous. It's not playing in New York or L.A. or Boston. But last year during the playoffs when he was on the Dodgers, he spiked a guy at first base, looked to have done it completely intentionally. On national television. On national television, Got almost got into a fight, you know, and and that really marked his reputation, and it will be his reputation for a while. That's I mean, you do something like that, it, it, it's gonna color your reputation. Now we in San Diego have gotten to see a different side of him a bit as a teammate. Gotten to you know hear everybody just raving about him and and what he's done in the locker room and the clubhouse, all that stuff. Uh, but nationally, his reputation is going to be sullied for a while because of that, and and. Honestly, he kind of deserved it a little bit because of what he did was wrong. But every stadium he goes into now, he's going to get booed. And quite frankly, I don't think it bothers him. Quite frankly, I think it's awesome because you have a San Diego Padre player that stirs passions around baseball. This is what it's like to have 
a player with marquee star power. This is what it's like when you have a guy that people love to hate. Why? Because he's good. Yeah. Why? Because he matters. This is one thing that I think San Diegans are getting used to a little bit, that with the national notoriety, the haters will come out as well. Sure, and and it's going to happen. And you're going to go into opposing parks and run into this. And I, I, it's not something anybody should be concerned with. Like it's, well, it's Padre part, fans were a little concerned. They should, and they shouldn't be. They right. shouldn't be. I mean, get used to it. There are two reasons why players get booed. One, a team knows who you are, doesn't want you to do well, and it just you know is rooting against you. And two, if somebody has a reputation, Manny has a little bit of both. They're rooting against him, and he's got a little bit of a reputation. All right. Deserved or undeserved, he has that reputation. Now, Manny has a reputation. He's known. He's a known commodity. He's a box office star. I love the fact that he's going to get booed at Dodger Stadium. I love the fact that he's going to get booed at And by the way, Yankee Dodgers Stadium. fans have no reason to boo him. He helped take them to a World Series. Right. Like, but it, stop. it's okay. Boo, it's going to happen. I'm just saying. I don't, I don't well, I'm like saying it. logically, there's no reason to boo. Well, I don't like Dodger fans, and Dodger fans don't like me. I don't like Yankee fans. I'm not rooting for any Yankees or, or Yankee fans. I think it's awesome. Because now you have a player that people care about. 833-288-0973. 833-288-0973. Name me another Padre that will ever stir up the passion that you saw just the one day at Yankee Stadium. Now, when Manny beats the Yankees over the next couple of days, the boos will get louder. The boos will get louder. But really, name me a Yan- name me a Padre player that people loved to boo, that got passion in other stadiums, whether it was Old Candlestick Park, Dodger Stadium, Bank One Ballpark, originally down in the day in Arizona, Coors Field. Name me a Padre player that anybody has cared about enough to boo in the last two decades. Yeah, I, it's it's really tough to to find that guy and and. Uh, you know, it also, I think that it's funny after what happened on Saturday when the Padres just pounded the Blue Jays 19 to four, I think you might start getting some more booze <laughs> next time. If you ever face the Blue Jays again. Now, meanwhile, there's been plenty of people that have rolled into, uh, the Murph Qualcomm or Petco in the nationally West that you love to boo. Right. Yeah, and I think the greatest one. I was at this game. It was when Kevin Brown returned after spurning the Padres to go sign with the hated Dodgers. Rolled in for his first start in Old Qualcomm Stadium, and it was a packed house. And I have never heard booze like that. Never. All right, I'm going to ask everybody here on the everybody here on the show, Jeff, Jim, Hammer. I'm going to ask you, lifelong Padre fan, Ryan Phillips. Name me the top three players that ever came into Petco Park or the Murph or Qualcomm that had the most hatred thrown at them from Padre. I've got number one easily. Okay, hold Barry, on. Barry Bonds. Barry Bonds. Barry Bonds. Barry Bonds. Not right. even close. Not even close. Everybody loved to, to boo Barry Bonds. Yes. Dude smashed and posted numbers. I love it. If I, I want you to boo my guy when he goes into another ballpark. So we'll figure out the top three. We'll ask you guys to comment as well, 833-288-0973, 833-288-0973, wherever you happen to be, listening on radio.com, listening on your Alexa, getting in your car on your way to work, 833-288-0973. I mentioned Paddock Day as uh, we got ready for this hour. Scratched over the weekend, so I'm sorry you were robbed of Paddock Day. Uh, it's fine. Uh, I Here's the thing. I think they're kind of in a mood with with Paddock where it's like, oh, you got to hang now. Let's 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 push you back. They're trying to get as long to get Paddock on this team as long as possible this year. We know he's got an innings cap. We're not sure exactly where it is. Probably around the one forty mark, one fifty. He's already at fifty something innings. Uh, there, I think any if if he wakes up and he's a little sleepy, they'll be like, <laughs> you know what? 
take a couple days, Chris. And after, of course, they pounded out you know twenty hits and nineteen runs on Saturday, they'd already clinched the series. They said, "Well, let's go with a let's go with an opener. Let's go with with some relief pitchers. Toss Robbie Erlin out there, uh, you know." And then they started getting beat, and I think they were just sort of like, "Hey." Uh, how it's, about, it's not Paddock Day. Yeah, how about how about just just sticking with it, uh, Luis Perdomo? Go as far as you can. And well, you do have to have guys that are going to take one for the team. They're, yeah, they're going to go out there. And listen, you're just you're there to take a beating. Sorry, you're, you're facing Stroman. You know that without Paddock, you're probably not going to be able to to match that. And and uh, yeah, they lost ten to one. Uh, but I think after the previous day, they were just kind of like, all right, let's let's uh, let's get out of here. Uh, using as few people as possible. But... You're there to eat innings. You're yeah, there pretty to much. save the bullpen, which is already overworked. Right. Sorry, you're just going to have to take one for the team today. I've seen that before. Of course. And it's not fun for that player, but everybody else they, in that Everyone ball knows club, the score. They know what they're going in there to do. Well, everybody else in the ball club respects him mm-hmm. for taking that beating and not worrying about his numbers that are going to get beat up because you're just in there because we don't want to burn through the bullpen in a game that we're probably... Not going to win. There's 60 games are going to win. 60 games are going to lose no matter what. It's those games in the middle that right. decide whether I'm going to go to the playoffs or not. This is one of those 60s. All right. Number for you to join us, 833-288-0973. 833-288-0973. We've already decided. Consensus, Jeff, you're in this as well. Barry Bonds was the player it's that... It's not. And, and, by the way, there is no competition for that. It was not even close. I mean... It, from the day he went to the Giants, mm-hmm. absolutely nobody got it like Barry Bonds did at, at Padres games. Nobody. Right, so who else is on our list for the players that have gotten the most booze in visiting road gray uniforms coming into San Diego? Want to know what happened with the Friars? It's time for Padres Rewind. He's hot. He's hot. Brought to you by Eco Water. Your water perfected. This right-handed batter is going to pull one right there. Dive to his backhand. Garcia, up, throw, got him. Hey, Greg, great play in Toronto. Better play right here. Flashing, leather, glove, one away. Set, dealing, first pitch swinging. High fly ball. There's that wind tunneling right, but that one is going to be off the wall, back in play, high off the wall, coming around to score. That's Hunter Renfro. Will Myers, he's going to third. Hoppy will bring him in here. My Padres have a one to nothing lead. I thought off the bat it was going to go. You pull it like Naylor with this kind of power to right field, it will go like that nine out of ten times. That one is off the wall for an RBI double. He'll take it. And the Padres are ahead one to nothing. 2 2. Line to left field, going back, going back, and it's going to be over the head of the left fielder, Gardner. That ball's in play, coming on to score from third. That's Naylor. Kinsler will be coming around third. Hoffey will hold him at third base. 2-0. Padres, RBI double. Austin Hedges, a six-game hitting streak. Dealing. That ball is hit well. Deep left field. That's got to go in this ballpark. It's a great hitter's park, and that is gone. Frazier now has a five-game hitting streak. This is home run heaven, and this club is built for it. Even missing the big boppers, they still are hitting like crazy. 2-1, Padres. Lefty to lefty, Gardner's got the great power. Right field was made for him in Yankee Stadium. Down the line, fair foul. It is fair, it is gone. Brett Gardner, first pitch fastball, jumped on it, and the Padre lead is also gone, as well as the baseball. Here's the 1-1, that's in the air, right field, pretty well struck. Reyes is going back. He is at the wall. He looks. It's going to go. A home run. Oh, right field at Yankee Stadium. Sanchez with another homer, his 16th of the season. And an add-on run for the Yanks. Now 4-2 here in the eighth. Craig comes set a long look at second. Now the 0-2. Maven hits it the other way. That's through into right field for a base hit. Torres will be held at third. Now Reyes bobbles it. It gets away, and the run will score. Maven flies into second base. That defensive miscue will matter. 5-2 Yankees. Lifted it. Popped up. Coming up the first baseline out. Veering toward the dugout on the first base side. The first baseman will call off the catcher. And Boyt will make the catch, and the Yankees will take game one. That was Padres Rewind, brought to you by EcoWater. Stay hydrated, San Diego. Ryan Phillips, senior writer for the big lead. Rich Herrera filling in for the coach day. I think we've done okay so far. I guess I have to turn the mic on. Yeah. So 
first mistake of the afternoon or the morning. See, right? you know what? It's you know what? Now I believe that thing that they always talk about with the no hitter. Don't ever say don't it's a no hitter. Don't ever say things are going you've done well. Pretty well today, and then you didn't turn on your microphone. I blame Jeff. <laughs> that actually was my fault. Yeah, thanks, Jeff. Because you have to have those spectacular plays. You have to like have a couple extraordinary plays to preserve that no hitter. Like if Jeff had snuck in there and turned my mic on at right the last second, yeah. but you know, and then you see them that little bloop that falls in at the end that has the no hitter go awry. When yeah. are the Padres going to throw a no hitter? By the way, never. I, I'm a lifelong Padres fan, a fan, and I am completely at peace with the fact they will never throw a no hitter. You know they're going to throw a no hitter, and it's going to be either a no name that no one cares about, and he'll yeah. be for, and he'll just be you know really bad the following year, or it's going to be a relief day, or it's a relief day, and it's like a ten pitcher no hitter with you, like okay. fourteen walks, yeah. like mixed in exactly. They'll probably lose like it's... they'll lose they'll lose, they'll lose one nothing throw no hitter, <laughs> yeah. And it's like three errors. Yeah, like what just Come happened? On. I mean, this is the franchise that that got no hit by a guy who walked eight people. Like, do you even celebrate? It, do you celebrate that if you throw a no yes, hitter and lose? Yes, absolutely, you do. <laughs> Mackenzie Gore is going to come up and throw a no hitter in his first game ever for the Padres. He, he's only going to go like six innings in Dream his first start. Big. Dream big. He's going to have some somebody did innings. I, I, maybe it was Kevin Ac predicted in spring training that Chris Paddock was going to throw a no hitter this year. Okay, I'm 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 good with that. I'm good with that. Come on, let's. You gotta feel good today. The look how beautiful the sunshine is today. We live in San Diego. We don't live in New York. This is a great day. Well, I I also feel like the no hitter has lost a little bit of its luster because when guys do get the no hitter going and they've thrown like 130 pitches, you're kind of wincing the whole time. Like maybe they should take him out. Edwin you know, Jackson. Would you say Edwin Jackson? Did he? Edwin Jackson. 140 no, pitches. 140 pitches. Oh, that's right. Uh, six no walks? Hitter. Yeah, six walks. Six or seven walks. And who was it earlier this year up in uh, Oakland through the no-hitter? Uh-huh. And he was at like 132 pitches. Matt Fires. Yeah, he was uh, He was at like 130 pitches. And Come on, you it, would take a 200-pitch Well, that's the thing <laughs> is that no you're hitter. sitting there kind of like, I remember he was going to the ninth thing. I'm like, you don't take a guy out who's throwing a hitter, but should you take him out? Like, that's a lot of pitch, you know. It, it, and we think in terms of that now, not in terms of he needs to get the no-hitter. How many no-hitters have you seen in person? None. I've never seen a no-hitter in person. I, Zero. I, I, I went actually to, close. I went to the game a couple years ago. The Potters got no-hit by, I mean, a couple years ago. It was like 10 years ago. Got no-hit by Bud Smith, I think. And then the next night, they faced Woody, it was the Cardinals. They faced Woody Williams. And he he no hit them for like seven innings. That was a cl- so it was back to back days during the doldrums of the Padres years. Like we could we could be talking right now about Odrisamir Despagne having the only Padre no hitter. <laughs> yeah, totally. And I think that would be hor- like if you're gonna you're the first no hitter for a franchise, it needs to be like a a, a named guy. A like, guy. Yeah. It can't be Odrisamir Despagne. Oh, absolutely. I, 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 honestly, if Despagne had thrown it, totally would have accepted it. I would have been fine. That's with true. It. It's just, I feel like because yeah. the pot because it, just because I'm such a long-suffering Padres. Give us one. Damn like, it. We finally got a cycle a few years ago, and it's like the cycle. It's not even the best game you can have. It's just a statistical anomaly that you get them all. Like three home runs is a better game than a cycle. Yet we could never get that. But people were like, uh, "It's Matt Kemp, though." Well, at the time, you're like, "Well, he's your big money player, great." Right. And then I was just thankful that Will Myers got one the next year. That's to, a thing to sort of like verify it. Yeah. Now you know there's a couple things that go along with the no hitter. Uh, the franchise has to buy a gift. Is supposed to buy a gift for the guy who throws the no hitter. Uh, yeah, I'm sure. Um, the guy who throws the no hitter is supposed to send over a box of cigars to each umpire, mm-hmm. and he has to get a gift for all of his teammates. Yeah. So I say the 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 franchise, given that it's the Padres and they've broken the record for the longest stretch <laughs> without a no hitter, they should really get a nice car for the guy who throws the first no hitter, and he should get like Rolexes for everybody or something. Yeah, uh, Matt Garza. I saw Matt Garza throw the first no hitter in, in a franchise's history. They gave him. That, a, I'm uh, assuming the Rays. The Rays. They gave him a uh, Harley Davidson motorcycle, yeah. all tricked out. Problem was, couldn't ride it. Oh, he wasn't a motorcycle guy? No, because it's in his contract. You're oh, not allowed oh, to ride right. a motorcycle. So they gave him something that he couldn't use. He could ride it now. He could ride it now. I saw uh, Dallas Brain's perfect game on Mother's Day. Wow. That was pretty spectacular. Uh, I was standing there right next to his grandmother uh, waiting to interview him wow. on the field. So that you've seen was, a no-hitter and a perfect game? I've seen a no-hitter and a perfect game. I, I dated a girl who I am totally fine 
saying she didn't deserve this now years ago <laughs> who was well, come uh, on tell us her name her no give, uh, us, her, her, give us her phone number no uh her she's still single employer uh had tickets to the white Sox, and uh she lived in chicago had tickets to the white Sox every year and she one day they were like hey you want to go to the game she's like mm, not really oh all right fine it was uh burley's perfect Burley game against yeah. the tampa bay race saw that too and those amazing catches to preserve it. Yep. Yep. Absolutely. Um, have you ever caught a foul ball? Never caught a foul ball. I, I've come very close, but I've never not even close. Jeff, I touched one once. I okay. Had a fr- so a friend of mine's dad, yeah. one of my best friends, back to back years on the same day, got a ball from the same player. Wow. It was Vince. I think it was Vince Coleman, Willie McGee, one of those guys from the from the Cardinals back in the day, got. Year like I think it was off by a day or something. Same series each year. Cardinals got a ball from the same player. I have one foul ball that I caught. I had to push my then girlfriend out of the way, who soon was not my girlfriend. Gentlemen, and I had to push somebody else to grab. I gave somebody an elbow to get the ball, and I still have it. There's no there's 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 no peace in the stands. No, first and only time I've ever gotten one. Um, Did you knock a kid down too? Jeez. I got in my way. <laughs> Did you see the highlight over the weekend of uh, at the Big Ten baseball championships where an Iowa fan stole a ball from a kid? <laughs> That's wrong. You can't. <laughs> he do just that. like balls bouncing and he grabs it and just turns and walks away. Jeff would do that. do that. Jeff would do that. <laughs> it was yeah. a kid wearing a Texas hat. Yeah. Oh yeah. Doesn't even matter. I do it. It was a kid. It was a kid wearing a Kevin Durant jersey. I've tried to do it before, but it failed. So. Yeah. All right. Uh, Sue's got traffic coming up in just a second. NBA Finals, USA versus Canada. That's what it turns out to be. I, I think a significant portion of the USA will be rooting against the Warriors. In this no. Moment. How do you root? Because they're the, the dynasty. You root against but the dynasty. Going to be out. You're gonna. You have to pick somebody. Who's so your, what's your pick? Who you, who you think is going to win this? Uh, Warriors win in five. I got the Warriors in five as well. I tweeted that out the other night. Now, San Diego might go the other way with Kawhi, Kawhi Leonard. So we have uh, Aztec for life, as Ted Leitner likes to say, playing against the Warriors. But the big thing up in Canada is they have so few teams up there. Yeah. That, you know, if it's Toronto playing, it's Canada's team now. So the entire nation of Canada will be rooting against the Splash Brothers. I think that's fair. Yeah, absolutely. And uh, But you look at this matchup. I think that the Milwaukee would have posed a really interesting matchup with the Warriors. Uh, obviously, that's a young team that did not step up when it needed to in the Eastern Conference Finals. But I do not think this matchup is good for Toronto at all. Uh, I know Jim, our resident Warriors fan, is a little nervous uh, about it. Are you it. nervous, Jim? Uh, yeah, I'm freaking out. Because Durant is not playing or just because of the matchup? Like if Durant was playing, I'd feel it'd feel much easier to match up wise with the Raptors. But Kawhi is the Raptor, or the the Warriors' kryptonite. Like this guy owns the Warriors, and I feel like the length for the Raptors with Siakam and uh, who is the other guy? That other guy? No, no I'm oh Serge Ibaka. Yeah, that's going to cause a little bit of a problem. And then you have Kawhi on Steph in crunch time. Like, that's just, I mean, Kawhi can shut down anybody. Here's, if you go position by position, let's just say this. Okay, Kyle Lowry, Steph Curry, point guard. Steph Curry. Yeah. Clear. clear. Uh, You get, I guess they're sort of playing Danny Green as the the off guard versus Klay Thompson. You take Klay Thompson every single day. Small forward, even if Durant plays, let's say, and, and you go Kawhi Leonard versus Durant, that's at a push. It's basically a push. If it's if Durant's not playing, it's Kawhi. Obviously, power forward. Who you got playing for the Warriors? Draymond starting. It's Draymond, right? So Draymond power forward against Siakam. You take Draymond all day. I think it's it's the depth of the Raptors. Sure. Like they don't have the Warriors don't have what the Raptors have on the bench. No, but the Raptors bench. I mean, it's solid. It's not blow you away second unit, I think. And and here's the thing. If the the key against the Warriors is always gotta hit shots. If you're hitting shots, you got a chance. If you don't, you're done because you know the Warriors are gonna blitz you at some point in the third or early fourth quarter, they're gonna blitz you and make it feel like they can't miss. Steph, it, it takes we've we've talked about this since I last week as well. In three minutes, Steph can end a game. And it doesn't matter where those three minutes are, if he gets hot and that's why I think Kawhi, 
on with with Durant out, I think Kawhi is going to switch on to uh, Steph a lot. I oh, really yeah, do. for sure. But the problem is Steph's the, Steph's the head. But the problem is, is that if he's chasing Steph around on defense, that's true. How does that impact his offense? The Warriors didn't play well against the Blazers. No, not at all. And that's what people people like. Oh, they would just have those short. Like, bursts. oh, the Warriors blew up the Blazers. It's like, no, the Blazers were up by 15 points in three straight games, and they led. The Blazers led more in that series than the than the Warriors did. Let's run out to the SDCCU fan hotline. Joining us right now, the voice of the Toronto Raptors who are going on to the NBA Finals, Eric Smith, our special guest here on 97.3 The Fan. Eric, how are you? Congratulations on getting to the Finals. I appreciate that. How are you doing? We're doing great down here. Um, Give us your thoughts on this hard-fought series and just how special the season of Raptors basketball has been. Yeah, it's, it, it's been a wild ride, no doubt. Uh, you know, it's uh, 24 years in the making, a uh, 25th anniversary season for Toronto next season, and a, a first taste at the finals uh, in franchise history. And it's 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 no doubt been a wild ride for, you know, almost 12 months now, the better part of a, a you know, just shy of a year since the acquisition of Kawhi Leonard. This, this team over the last almost three quarters of a decade now has been uh, one of the best, if not the best team in the Eastern Conference. But, they haven't been able to crack through. Of course, they ran into LeBron James for a number of years, and uh, furthest they ever got was one conference finals and made it to game six. But to ultimately be able to, to bust through, to get into the finals, to now have a chance, and obviously uh, not exactly a, an easy order trying to go up against a team in the finals for a fifth straight year and, and one of the greatest all-time dynasties in the Warriors. But uh, I think for the Raptors, uh, they're not walking into this saying, okay, the job's done. Uh, we're just happy to be here. But there is still a bit of a sense, I think, even with the fans, where this is gravy. You know, we've never been here before, so to be here is an accomplishment itself. But now that we're here, let's just don't, you know, bow down. Let's see if we can actually take this thing and put a scare into the Warriors. So what has been different this year for the Warriors? Obviously no LeBron James in the East and Kawhi Leonard, but what else has been different? Because this is a different team. This doesn't seem like the, 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 the Raptor seems of the past. Uh, well, I, I will say this, and I, and and I got to preface this by saying I don't want to sound like I'm, I'm I got the red and white you know Raptor pom poms out here. The one thing I'll say though that that the um, I guess the the knock on the Raptors, as you just said, it is it doesn't seem like the same old Raptors. To me, what what the what what really went down wrong with the Raptors over the last X number of years, and I already said it, you just mentioned as well, it was LeBron James so it, losing to LeBron and bowing out in the East wasn't something that was just a Raptor issue. The Celtics didn't beat him. The Sixers didn't beat him. The Pacers didn't beat him. The Bulls didn't beat him. The, the list goes on. LeBron James, whether it be in Cleveland, Miami, or Cleveland, ran roughshod over the Eastern Conference for basically a decade. So it's not as though the Raptors were the only one that weren't cracking through in the East. LeBron was beating everyone. So that said, no doubt LeBron being gone helped. But at the same time, Clearly it was, you know, your hometown guy, Kawhi Leonard, joining the team, one of the top three, five players in the NBA. Uh, but I also think it was another year of experience for Fred Van Vliet, for Pascal Siakam. It was Serge Ibaka coming off the bench as opposed to maybe playing in a starter's role and how that suited him a little bit better. And certainly then the, the late-season trade deadline or just before the trade deadline, uh, you, know, uh, you know, right before the few hours before the acquisition uh, of, of Mark Gasol. And when you can roll out, a starting five for the last couple of months of the season that has two former defensive players of the year in Marcus Gasol and Kawhi Leonard and an all-defensive team guy in uh, Dane, let alone put, putting a bulldog-type player out there like Kyle Lowry. Um, that's a pretty damn good team and a, certainly a very good defensive team, but a team that can be as potent on the offensive end with the various weapons they have. So it's, it's you know, the best team on paper we've seen. Clearly it's the best team on the floor we've seen based on how far they've gone. And it's a very balanced team that I think can beat you in a lot of different ways. We're talking right now with Eric Smith, voice of the Toronto Raptors, joining us on the SDCCU Fan Hotline. All right, you alluded to it, Aztec for life, Kawhi Leonard. Things didn't finish the way he would have liked in San Antonio. Lots of people questioning him. Nobody questioning him now. So I want to ask you, give us a context of how important, how much he's made this run for the Raptors possible. He's been everything. I mean, Take nothing away from Gasol and Lowry and, and the rest and Siakam, the contributions they've made. You could make a case where they wouldn't have won this game without Lowry. They wouldn't have won that game without Siakam. But clearly, 
the guy who has been their MVP in this postseason run. And listen, over the course of the year, you, you can't deny his importance and how good he's been. He was, you know, all all NBA and all defensive, uh, you know, NBA as well, even in spite of the fact that he didn't play in, in 22 games. He had a hell of a season. But during this postseason run, for all the talk about load management in the regular season and the games that he did miss, nobody's talking about load management right now when he's going out and playing 40, 45, 52 minutes in a double overtime game, uh, you know, earlier in the in the Milwaukee series. Uh, he has been the best player on the floor for Toronto, night in, night out, uh, a guy who can carry you on the offensive end, a guy who I think has gotten better uh, in terms of his three-point shooting, better in terms of his athleticism, just better as a scorer overall than what we even saw in San Antonio. And I think that's in large part because he doesn't have Duncan and Ginobili and Parker around him. He is the focal point. He is the go-to guy. But then, of course, on the defensive end, I think he's the best defensive player in the league. Uh, there's there's nobody that I would say uh, I would say that I, I'm not willing to trust Kawhi Leonard to go against. He can change the the tone of the game uh, with the way that he plays uh, on the defensive end of the floor. I, I, I think you know he's a rugged rebounder. He clearly is incredible in terms of his hands and getting after loose balls and stealing balls and forcing defenders. And uh, he's just incredible to watch. Uh, and I think he's evolved as a player to be even better than he than he was uh, as a spur. So I, I can't say enough good things. And I will say watching him up close and personal, as I'm sure you guys have, going back to the college days and whatnot, there's a major difference between watching a player of that caliber on television versus 10 feet away calling the games on the court in person. Uh, it's, it's, it's incredible to see what this guy does on a night-to-night basis. So, Eric, do you, do you think that there is a, a marriage, a long-term marriage there in Toronto, or do you think that, that maybe this is the one season you guys get him and, and he takes I mean, do you think there's a good chance that he resigns? You know, I'll tell you this. I think, first of all, I think nobody knows other than Kawhi and and maybe Uncle Dennis, uh, and and that's if the decision's even been made already. Uh, He has kept things close to the vest all season. But I would say I think the opportunity or the chance is better now than it was back in training camp or even back when the deal went down last summer. Uh, I don't know what number, what percentage you want to throw on it, uh, but I, if you'd asked me this back in you know October in training camp, I would have said there's a greater likelihood he leaves than he stays. But I also did say, and you, you just have to trust me on this without hearing the take, I, I said I think that if you make it to the conference finals, dare I say make it to the NBA finals, dare I say win the NBA finals, I think clearly your case only gets stronger. You're playing, I think, in, and I, I kind of hesitate to say this, a slightly easier conference. I don't think it's as, as vast the difference as it used to be, East versus West, but I think you're playing in a slightly easier conference. You've had an entire year to build chemistry, not just with your teammates, not just with your coaches, but I think even more importantly with the training staff, with the medical staff that has clearly given everything you've needed and wanted with rest and the load management and taking care of your body. Do you want to set the reset button and go do that again with another team and a brand-new organization and relearn all of that and relearn the trust and regain the trust and all that, let alone the fact that, oh, yeah, you can make five years in Toronto versus four years somewhere else, you can make higher percentage increases, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera, equating to, what, 50, 60-plus million dollars. The ultimate X factor, I think, though, that comes down to it, and you guys could speak better to it than I could. I, I mean, hell, I'd, I'd love to visit San Diego and Day. It's one place <laughs> I, I still have been, one of, the, one of the few places in North America that I have not been yet. Uh, and that's coming from a guy, strangely enough, in Toronto that grew up as a San Diego Padres fan and wore number 19 as a kid because I love Tony Gwynn. Um, I can't account for being close to home, wanting to be close to family. If that's all the stuff I said about chemistry, about comfort, about trust, about money, if the dude just simply wants to go back home to Southern California to be close to friends and family, Toronto can't help with that. That's just something that's in your heart. That's something that's in your head, and you can't compete with that, and that's his personal decision. So uh, that's, that's the uh, again, the trump card that maybe – uh, is going to matter more than anything else. So, I, you know, it's anybody's guess right now. You know, and we're talking right now with Eric Smith, play-by-play voice of the Toronto Raptors. That makes you a San Diego homeboy. I mean, I'm thinking we might have to get a care package of San Diego stuff just to send you after telling us that you wore number 19 as a kid. I mean, that's awesome. I can, I'll, I'll send you the pictures of me in my Little League jerseys. Tony Gwynn was my guy. I've still got, to this day, I've still got the old blue 
I mean, I know we're, we're talking about the brown and the gold and, and, and the fryer, the swinging fryer and everything else and all that, but to me the best uniform ever was the blue hat with the orange and the white and, and, and the pinstripes with the orange and the blue on the front. I've still got the hat. It's, it's so worn out and tattered up and everything else. I've tried to find it online. Uh, I, I can't seem to find it anymore. That to me was the best Padres logo, the best color scheme ever. And I'm telling you, Tony Gwynn's my guy, number 19. And my son now, he's nine years old, and he wears 19 just because dad wore 19, but he doesn't really understand why dad wore 19. That is awesome. Tony Gwynn Jr. is our afternoon show host. I'm going to ask Tony, we need to get you a 394 Pale Ale t-shirt to uh, to sport up there in Toronto. <laughs> hey, let me ask you real quick, uh, going back to the NBA Finals, how does Toronto beat Golden State? Um, I think it's going to start clearly on the defensive end of the floor, and that might sound obvious, and it might also sound uh, like, well, easier said than done. When you think about Toronto right now in the postseason, number one defensive rating overall, number one in opponent's points per game, number two in opponent's field goal percentage, number three in opponent's three-point field goal percentage. They've been incredible defensively, but number one in offense and number one in pretty much every offensive category, Golden State. I don't think you can get into a scoring battle with this team and try and beat them 127 to 125. I think you've got to find a way to slow them down. I will say, and again, at the risk of sounding like a homer here, I think they match up well against this team. Uh, they have a ton of talent, no doubt. They're all world talent in, in Golden State. But when I think about, you know, can Lowry slow down uh, Steph Curry? Is Kawhi going to go up against Draymond, or would you put him on? Clay Thompson, can Siakam, you know, kind of a, a poor man's version right now, a very young version of a Draymond Green who can shoot the three, who can play defense, who can beat guys off the bounce, who can guard, guard multiple positions. Can you play uh, Ibaka under, you know, uh, uh, you know, in lineups against uh, Draymond Green? I'll take my chances with Gasol up against Andrew Bogut or Kevon Looney. Obviously, the X factor is, does Kevin Durant play at any point in this series? And what's the impact of DeMarcus Cousins if he does play in game one or at any point in the series? Because that certainly changes the uh, the landscape and changes a lot of the matchups. But I think Toronto, if they can bring it defensively, if they can slow down the transition game, that's going to be the key. They can't give up those second-chance opportunities and allow Golden State multiple looks at the hoop, multiple possessions, and, of course, get them out running. If you can slow them down and try and control the pace, I think that's your best chance to win the series. Eric, we appreciate you joining us. One last thing, and we're boys now because you're a Tony Gwynn fan, so this, we're saying this with, without poking fun or being uh, talk show hosts in America that are kind of smart, Alex. you got to explain to us, what's the deal with Drake walking all over the floor whenever he wants? We talked a lot about that down here. What's his relationship? What kind of pass does he have that he can actually walk on the floor and touch the coach during the game? Well, I'll tell you, um, Here's the thing. Listen, I, I've made and I've talked a lot about this because, as you can imagine, I've done a ton of different talk shows around North America the last couple of days, couple of weeks, even, and it's been a hot topic, no doubt, with pretty much everybody. I'll say this: the shoulder rub—that's that's on a different level. Now, Nick Nurse says he didn't even feel it; he didn't know what was going on. He was so locked into the game; it lasted about a second and a half. He was just kind of, you know, had the had the blinders on and didn't even notice it. The up and down or the back and forth and the standing and the screaming, I don't necessarily think that's any worse than what we've seen Spike Lee doing for the last 20, 25 years in New York and getting into it with multiple different players on the floor, uh, most specifically Reggie Miller, and hell, even building a side career out of it with Mars Blackman and Michael Jordan going back in the day of the Nike marketing campaign. I don't see a major difference there. But the one difference with Drake, I suppose, is the Raptors – you know, pardon the analogy of the punt or whatever, I can't think of a better way to say it. They're in bed with this guy in the sense that there is a synergy, a partnership with him in that you you put him on the payroll X number of years ago. I don't know if they literally cut him a check or if it's just sort of a, a token thing, but he is recognized as the Raptors' global ambassador. They held a press conference for the guy. Masai Ujiri was standing side-by-side, shoulder-to-shoulder. This is our global ambassador. He is part of our organization. Drake and his OVO brand, his clothing line, his, his, his brand with the owl, I'm sure you guys are aware of that, he bought the naming rights earlier this year to the Raptors practice facility. If you go online and Google it, the Raptors practice facility is called the OVO Athletic Center. And on the outside, on the wall, is the Raptor logo right beside the Drake owl, which is his emblem, his logo for the 
for the OVO brand. The Raptors have two jerseys that have been designed or inspired by Drake and the OVO brand. The black one trimmed in gold and the white one trimmed in gold. Those alternate jerseys, you know, there was no black, there was no gold before the Drake stuff came around. So when you're in, in such partnership, partnership, excuse me, and synergy with this guy, I think you're going to kind of say, yeah, man, whatever. That's your courtside seat. It's 10 feet from the bench. If you want to get up and down and go crazy and whatever else, you got a long leash, man. Do what you will. So uh, the fact that we're talking about it is, you know, no, no news is good news, I suppose. Well, you know, any, any, uh, any press is good press, I suppose. And I, I think it's all kind of good in a, in, a, in a weird way for the Raptors. Hey, Eric, we appreciate you taking some time uh, joining us this morning. Best of luck to you. Hold on just a second. I want to get your address because we're going uh, to send one of those uh, Tony Gwynn uh, Pale Ale uh, 394 shirts your way. Listen, you, you don't have to do that, but I, I appreciate that. I really appreciate that. So I will stay on the line, but thanks for the offer, guys. I appreciate right. that. Thank you so much. Eric Smith, play-by-play voice of the Raptors. So the OVO is right on the side of the building. By the way, Erica joined us on the SDCCU fan hotline. SDCCU has low mortgage loan rates, equal housing opportunity. Uh, apply now at sdccu.com. That was Best of Coach, 5 to 9, mornings, right here on 97.3 The Fan.